Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And today's guest is someone all the way from Nigeria. She's an advocate and an ambassador of the Dyslexia Association in her country. And she is here to share her story. Her story, my apologies. Welcome, Ronte, to the show. How are you doing today? I am very well, thank you. I'm so happy to have you on the show, especially all the way from Nigeria. So to all the (laughs) listeners out there, we've been trying so hard to kind of find a time that's going to work for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy to have you because I know we've been emailing back and forth. And for those listeners out there, um, we've met through a app called iDyslexia app iDyslexic app and um, I what I pretty much did was posted up a post saying hey I have this podcast and whoever's interested in sharing their story with dyslexia um, you know just contact me so I've had uh, another person and also yourself now sharing your story we share the same I don't know how to say it so that we can be acceptable to it. I don't know if you are okay with the learning disability or, yes. okay, so let's just leave it at that. We have, we share the same learning disability, um, mm. dyslexia. And I know um, some, most of my listeners have heard my journey and my story. And what I wanted to do is bring other people who have experienced this to share their point of view and what they've experienced and their setbacks and their struggles because creating this awareness is what's very important to all of us. So that way others can really understand like we're just normal people. We just do, we just get things done differently. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I wanted to ask, tell the listeners about a little bit about yourself before we, I get into the questions. Okay. um, Thank you very much. My name is Rotsi Oyeshiji. I'm from Nigeria. I'm 46 years old. Uh, let me tell you my dyslexia story. How did it start? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in um, primary school, uh, let me start from there. I was born left-handed. Oh, okay. Yes, I was born left-handed. And then, you know, uh, people used to believe that people born left-handed, it's a tab- it was a taboo mm-hmm. at that point in time, you know. How can you be born left-handed? You know, they tried as much as possible to change me, mm-hmm. you know, to change me from using, you know, my left hand to my right hand. Mm-hmm. So it affected my coordination. That was the first thing, mm-hmm. you know. I was forced to change from my left to my using my right hand. Right now, I can use both, actually. I use oh. both effectively. Yes. Very, very effectively without any stress. Now, Okay, so um, I think in a way that also affected my handwriting. So when I um, when I was in primary three, I think um, what they call it then, I think I was grade three or so. So my class teacher said, 
we are going to demote you to primary one, grade one. I was like, wow. And re- the, why? Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, why? This girl is intelligent. What's the problem with her? Why will you demote her? For what? You know? So they asked me to call my parents. My parents um, followed me to school the next day. So our head teacher, um, head of school, mm-hmm. asked me some questions. And thank God I was able to answer. It was very, very easy and free. He asked me a lot of questions. I answered. So they now give me um, a paper and a pen to write. I couldn't write it. So they were wondering, okay, but you just answered. How come you can't write it? How come you can't put it down? Anyway, I tried to scribble some things, you know. And by the time they looked at it, nobody could read it. They said, wow, this is, this is horrible. So my class teacher insisted that, you know, I'll be demoted to primary one. But the um, middle school said, no, this girl is intelligent. Let's see what we can do for her. So um, throughout that year, mm-hmm. they gave me two the exercise book. And I wrote throughout, you know, that was what I was doing. After everybody must have gone home, you know, I'll be kept in school, writing, writing to ensure mm-hmm. that at least people could see my handwriting. I won't say now that uh, my handwriting is perfect, but my handwriting is legible. Right now, you can actually see it due to that list discipline that, you know, I was made to undergo at that point in time. And, you know, this actually affected me in a lot of ways because you, you know the way it is. And when you write and your teachers can't see what you've written or your spelling is upside down. Mm-hmm. And this also actually affected me. Um, <laughs> I didn't know the difference in my left and right until I finished from university. And how did I get to know it? It was uh, an experience that stayed with me that actually made me to know it. After my university, I was trying to learn how to drive. And the person that was teaching me said, turn left and I turned right. Uh. Oh, no. (laughs) It (laughs) It was a miracle. You understand? There was an oncoming vehicle. But in one way or the other, God helped us and, you know. Wow. That was how I got to know my left from my right. And, you know, this affected me in a lot of ways. When I started working, I had a boss that, oh, God. Oh, they don't want to know what I went through. It was, (sighs) was, oh, no. You know, danger will shout. The use of computer wasn't very um, pronounced at that point in time, you know, mm-hmm. no access to phone, you know, yeah. the phone we had was the one hanged on the wall. We didn't have this um, kind of mobile phone that you can carry out, you know, around to, to work with. Yeah. You know, she would tell me, Roti, I need you to write this letter. Sometime throughout the day, the only thing I'll write, I can write a letter for 20 times. Yeah. You understand? So she keeps correcting my spellings and, you know, it became so embarrassing as an adult. Can you imagine somebody correcting your handwriting all the time, correcting mm-hmm. your spellings and everything? And he's giving you instruction and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, I'm taking my time to process what she's saying. And she's like, oh no, Roti, you're too slow. I get to hear that all the time. You know, this became... ah. Too, too difficult for me. And, you know, I, I said, oh, no. 
how do I help myself? What do I do about this? Then I didn't even know anything about dyslexia. I came to know dyslexia through a friend of mine by, I'll call it um, sheer coincidence. Okay. Yes. I was talking to him one day. I, I, just, I went to meet him in his office. I said, I was giving him all the instances, a lot of things that had happened to me, even at work, you know, I wasn't proud of myself. I knew I'm very intelligent. I got into human resources, you know, helping people, you know, mm. work, dealing with relationships and so on and so forth. The only thing that helped me was the fact that, you know, relating with people was easy for me in a way because, you know, I was able to develop um, good relationship with people. But, you know, when it comes to delivering at times, maybe they give you a deadline to do something and I'm not able to, to cope, it becomes a lot of problems. So I was yeah. discussing with a friend of mine that I know that there are a lot of children. I told him about um, my upbringing, what, what I went through in the past, and he busted out laughing. I was wondering, what's funny? And he said, well, everything you're describing is about my daughter. <gasps> uh, his daughter was um, 11 years old then uh-huh. he said my daughter is 11 and all these things you're talking about happens to my daughter I said wow so he asked me have you heard about um, the word dyslexia I said what does that mean he said I should go and google it just, just look at it so we sat down together and we looked at it I was like wow so this is all I've been going through all this while I never knew anything about it wow you know, and um, unfortunately, because uh, when I was young, I used to daydream a lot. I can stay for two hours in the bathroom without saying, if, if nobody disturbs me, I'll be there daydreaming, you know, enjoying my, my, my solitude without any, you know, I'll be imagining a lot of things and everything. And, you know, people look at you as, this girl is strange. Is there a spiritual problem or something, you know? Yeah. So many many things that like that has happened to people in my country they take them to churches to pray for them to cast out one spirit or the other not knowing that you know these are the things they're dealing with yeah so ah, so when my friend told me about it i was like wow so that was when i decided i made up my mind that no nobody should go through this no child should go through this no no employee should go through this because i see people like me at work um, I became um, an HR manager, human resources manager, in some of the organizations that I worked with. Yeah. And you know, the MD will just say one day, I need you to start this person. I, I've sucked a lot of people in my life until one day I sat down, I said, ah, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Why do this person behave the way they behave? Something must actually be wrong. Let's, let's, let's look a little closer. Initially, I thought that, okay, maybe what they needed was counseling. I said, let me go into counseling. I started learning about counseling. I started learning about talking to people, you know, listening to people. So I said, okay, let's, let's, let's get to the root of this. So when I see people that are like me, maybe sometimes um, they find it hard to comprehend sometimes. Not that they find it hard to comprehend. They, they do, but it takes time. And people are not patient like that with them. Or maybe they are writing, or maybe they are maths. Oh God, <laughs> my my maths is nothing even to write up about. <laughs> I used to be written when I was in school. It was it was hard. Yeah. But I'm glad today that um, uh, one, I know what is wrong with me. 
mm-hmm. which is a good one, you know, at least if you know what your problem is, I think half of it is solved already. Mm-hmm. So from there, I said, okay, I started going, um, asking questions. I started talking to people. I started looking for solutions. And, you know, and because of that, I said, okay, I won't allow anybody to go through what I've gone through again. That was the reason why I started Dyslexia Awareness Program. Oh, wow. Yeah, I started talking to people about it. I started going to schools, um, talking to parents, talking to teachers, going to churches, doing seminars there and there. I talk about it on radio, you know, just for people to know. Because, you know, um, there's this uh, belief that dyslexia is a disease. Mm-hmm. So people talk, when do, uh, dyslexia, oh, no, 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 this person has a disease. And I tell them dyslexia is not a disease. So for us to be able to um, remove that um, stigmatization, you know, yeah. that people have about dyslexia. That is the reason why I said you know, we need to actually put out this awareness because a lot of people are not aware because it doesn't show on the face. It's not like um, some other disabilities that shows. Mm-hmm. You understand? You know, if it's autism, it's, if it is um, Down syndrome, if it's all other things, you know, even ADHD, you can actually pick it. But if you're a dyslexic child, you're withdrawn, you're in a class, nobody you're just there on your own yeah so so this has been my my journey so far and um uh, (laughs) no but but that's that's you know it's not this is what i love about this is because i've interviewed somebody earlier on uh, i think was last month and i love hearing the comparisons because mm-hmm. it's nice to hear how you were able to diagnose the problem, how mm-hmm. you're able to kind of, you know, you knew something was, you know, different and something was up, but you just weren't yeah. sure what it was, right? The other person I've interviewed, it's like they were, ha- they had testing done, right? For me, I had testing. And it's nice to see and hear about different countries and what they're doing about it. Because that's the thing is, how do we help these younger generations in order to kind of guide them through their journey with dyslexia? How can we educate parents and how your parents were educated about it? Because that makes a huge difference with someone mm. with dyslexia. Hmm. Now, I wanted to ask, well, you you already told us like when you found out when you were uh, diagnosed, which was through a friend that kind of gave you a suggestion, hey, just Google it. Um, When you were Googling it, how did you feel? Like, did you you hear about dyslexia before that? Or were you just like, I know you mentioned it that, you know, you never heard of it. And then the friend, uh, you know, pretty much told you about it. But how did you feel when you Googled it? Did you feel like you were disappointed? Did you feel like, how could I have this? Like, were you in denial? How did you feel? Oh, I, I felt that, okay, this is, um, um, this is what I've been looking out for. Mm-hmm. You know, as in what I couldn't place my hand on. I knew something was up, but I couldn't figure out what it was. 
Yeah. So reading about it, listening to people talk about it was an eye-opener for me. It was like my eyes were just opened. I was like, wow, it was an eureka moment for me. Mm-hmm. I felt if I had known this earlier, oh no. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would have been maybe better. Mm-hmm. And I would have, you know, I would have um, started the awareness a very, very long time ago if I had known that this was um, the problem. Yeah. Now, did you tell your parents after about that? Yes, I did. And how did they react to it? Did they understand? I know in the culture it's different, like you were telling us how it was like a everyone thinks it's like a spiritual thing or maybe it's because it's a disease like you know but how did your parents actually like how did they feel about it well well in a way initially they felt pain that if they had known earlier maybe they would have done something about it but what they didn't know anything about it Mm -hmm. they tried their best i'll say that my parents were there for me because um when i was younger I, i didn't really mix it people like that yeah you understand when other kids are playing outside you know i'll mm. be locked in the house to read yeah my father would give me a book to read every week and i have to summarize it i didn't like reading well you know <laughs> i had to learn <laughs> reading because <laughs> and and i thank god for that yeah if they if, if they hadn't done that, I, I don't know where I would have been today because I've seen people also in my position that, you know, their, their parents didn't know anything about it. Their teachers didn't know anything about it. Nobody mm-hmm. knows anything about it. You just left them alone. Yeah. But I helped in a way, even though they didn't know what dyslexia was, but, you know, they took out their time to actually encourage me, mm-hmm. to give me the support I needed at that point in time, even though they didn't know what it was about, but but they were there for me yeah no see and that's so important because I had the same support as you where your parents were always there and parents did whatever they they can do on their part to kind of keep us going right and that's so important and I feel like that's where it has to come down to if you know you have a dyslexic child it's like the parents need to be the root of their support system so they can grow and then be able to do what any kid could do but it's just having their support having that encouragement is what's going to make a huge difference yes and that's amazing to hear that you had your parents support Mm. now yeah and um what resources like what did you find kind of helped you deal with dyslexia now if you're able to explain to me what symptoms do you have? Okay. What symptoms do I have? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Hello. What symptoms do I have? Is, is that your question? Yes. Okay. Uh, the symptoms, okay. The first major one is the um, handwriting. Okay. Handwriting and spellings. And spelling. Yes, but for now, I, I'll say that I'm much more better. My spelling is is um, top-notch now. Oh, good. Spell- yes. Yes, I'm more careful 
correct my spelling. Um, the other one I have is um, um, when it comes to listening to, giving instructions, for mm-hmm. instance, if uh, they tell me, okay, do this, and you're trying to give me like four inst- instructions <laughs> at the same time, I may not be able to remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that, uh, that landed me into a lot of troubles because uh, people think that um, maybe you are lazy or maybe you are just non-challenged. Yeah. I just told you this. How come you forgot? I'm like, I can't. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. They said no. So apart from that, also my maths was very, very. It wasn't. Um, I wouldn't say up till now. Well, I still struggle with my mathematics, and I think uh, because I didn't um, have a good foundation in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, when I was in primary school anytime i fail mathematics i got beaten yeah so fear of failure actually so that i i still struggle with math but i'm a lot i'm much more better with my reading and my writing now comprehension now yes i'm much more better but when it comes to mathematics i still struggle with that mm-hmm Hi, my name is Casey Gonzalez. I'm with Chef Salty Pork. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark from the Mark the Shark MMA Show. And you're you're listening to to a little little bit of of everything everything with with Angelica. Angelica. So it seems like we kind of have the same similarities. Like for me, it's the same thing as spelling. Like spelling is, oh my God, it's a continuous. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It's like you, I have to work at it constantly. It's it's something that my head cannot wrap around it, especially with common words that I always misspell all the time. Um, When giving instructions, I have the same problem too. When someone tells me something, if I don't write it on paper, I am not going to remember. And it's like if I were a server at a restaurant without a paper, (laughs) it's not going to go well because I'm not going to remember anything of it. Um, Math, the same thing with me. I have, there's this thing that I cannot remember equations because my Mm. mind cannot understand why are we doing this to get this number? Why is it oh. such a long process? So that's me. That's me as well. So I'd like to hear the 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 symptoms because then it's we can compare similarities and how it's some of us can have the same thing, but then also some people experience more different things, right? Because it's a wide range, and that's what a lot of people don't know. It's a lot. It's not just math and you know comprehension. It's just it's a lot more than that. So. I really appreciate you opening up about your symptoms. Now, what could you say were the resources that you had growing up in order to kind of, you know, get through things like, especially in school? Okay. Well, 
I think the major resources I had uh, were my parents. <laughs> if there's anything like that, any other than that, I, I didn't have anything because the reason why mm-hmm. um, is because they didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Yes. If they knew any, if they knew something about it, maybe something would have been done in terms of resources. Yeah. Uh, so it's difficult for you to find a solution to what you don't even know. For you know, you, you don't even know if the problem exists or not. So you don't even know the meaning. You don't know what it means. Yeah. No, for sure. Yes, but but what what they did then, if, if they noticed that um, any child doesn't know how to write or write legibly, they give you two day exercise book to just continue to write, which was given to me at that point in time. That was basically no resources then. Yeah. But I'm sure now that, of course, things are getting better now. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the introduction of um, Montessori learning. Yeah. So, yes, it's helping a lot of people. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. So, I guess that is helping a lot of people now. So... Well, that's good because now, see, before if there was any, and of course you've probably done a lot of awareness yourself in order to kind of, okay, now we got to help the younger generation. What could I use to, yes. for my experience to help others? Because that's, it's like, we have to, we have to use our, we have to use our own experience to help others at the end of the day. So that way yeah. they can grow and they can see like, oh, you know, she's dyslexic too. And she's done this much in her life and success that hopefully it can encourage the younger generation just to keep going. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, my other question is, what was the hardest part with dealing, uh, I don't know, like a task I know there's so many of it that you can explain, but what was it? What was the hardest part when dealing with your dyslexia? When did you find out it was like, oh my goodness, I can't do this anymore. What am I going to do? Like, how do you, I know your parents were very supportive, but when did you feel like that was the hardest thing ever? Your dyslexia is taking control of you and you just, you wanted to give up. Hmm. Well, I'll give you um, something happened at, at my place of work. There was a time I was um, working in a particular organization. I resigned. I wanted to go to another organization. So they had a party for me, like a send forth. Yeah. You know, during the party, everybody was talking about me. They said a lot of good things, and I was so happy. But, you know, yeah. Um, one one of one of uh, my colleagues just stood up. She said, "Don't say you're good, you're this, you're that." But you, uh, she made this statement. She said, "You are annoyingly slow." Oh my god! Oh no! You Ma. know. Oh, with all the excitement and everything, everything just came down. I said, wow. She said, you are knowingly slow. I don't know what your problem is. Yes, you, you appear smart and everything, but you are knowingly slow. 
that actually got to me. That was the hardest part, you know. I know sometimes people people may not they're like, okay, okay, let's let's wave it, but this one she just came out and said, You're annoyingly slow. And you know, it got to me, it affected my my steam in a lot of ways. I said, Wow. Really affected me. And you know, at that point I said, No, I can't no. I won't allow it affected me for some days. I said, Okay. What's the next thing to do? Pick myself up. I look for a solution. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, you asked a question, then I just remembered now. One of the major resources that I had, mm-hmm. again, this was when I was in the university. Throughout my university days, I didn't have a notebook. Uh-huh. I didn't have a notebook, not because I didn't want to, but because... Um, <laughs> Before I finished writing, they would have wiped off the board. We used to use a, a blackboard or something. Then you know yeah. the teacher would write with a white chalk on the board, mm-hmm. on the board. So before I finished writing, they would, so I, I just gave up on, on writing altogether. But I had a friend in class, very intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. He listens to every lectures and everything. So. Maybe a few days to the exams or maybe a few hours to exams. We'll sit down together. We'll do um, a revision. Yeah. So after the revision, I'll just go to the exams and I'll write my exams and I'll pass. Sometimes I even pass more than him. Oh, wow. I don't know <laughs> but you know, all I needed to do was just listen to him. Mm-hmm. Repeat everything the lecturer said in the class listen to him then thankfully i studied philosophy so um in philosophy nobody asks you to unlike other courses uh, nobody asks you to cram in philosophy you you, you can you're you supposed to interpret the world the way you see it yeah yes but it's there for me so once he just explains i'll just go to the exams and i'll write my exams so that friend of mine actually stood by me. And even up to now, when I discovered, when I finally discovered that this was a problem, was well, the first person I went to, I said this, I said, wow. And, you know, he's in the forefront of what I'm doing now. We do this awareness together. So <laughs> he says to people that, ah, yes. When, I, when I'm talking, I said, whenever he's around, I tell him, look at the person that actually helps me throughout my university because I never had the notes and yeah and I came out well wow that's that's really nice the fact that you guys had this friendship but also it was a study buddy like they say here they call it a study buddy and you were able to learn from what you know he's picked up in notes and then you were able to retain that information yes that's amazing (laughs) That's really good. And that's why you got the the high marks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that's really awesome. And that's, it's really hard to find someone that you can, you know, study together and review it and then not being able to have that judgment in the back of your mind. Like, oh, what are you going to think of me? Because when did you open up that you have, that you are dyslexic, sorry? Like, when did you open up? 
Okay. Um, I opened up four years ago. That was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, wow. And who did you open up to? Was it a community? Was it at work? Was it, um, like to your friends? Like when, who did you, who did you tell? Okay. Um, I started by telling my friends. Mm-hmm. So one of them said, okay, why not put this into writing? Share it to the whole world. Let people start knowing about it. So after talking to some of my friends, I started writing about it on Facebook. I'll just post it. This is my experience. This is what I'm going through. This is, you know, I started learning about it and I started writing about it. That was how I started. Mm -hmm. I started by talking to friends. Then they said, start writing about it. From from my write-up on Facebook, people started calling me. Some radio stations started inviting me. So come and talk about it. And that's how I started. Wow. So then from then on, you decided, why not become an advocate for it and become an ambassador? Yes. That's amazing. That's really good. So what did you take in um, university and college? Philosophy. Philosophy. Okay. And did you... How was your experience? Was did you have a great study buddy, or did you like? Was there any struggles that you've gone through with university? Sorry, say that again. I didn't get that. What experience uh, did you have that that was really hard for you during your university studies? Okay, yeah, the major experience, as I said earlier, on you know, not being able to write the notes. Yeah. So if you have nothing to write, what do you want to read? That's true. Nothing to write and you and you know, then there was no Google for for you to go and Google to read, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so consistently I used to be anxious that oh, how will I pass? But thank God I passed. Yeah. I passed because I had uh, good people around me that actually taught me to teach me before the exams and I'll enter the exam, write my exams and I'll pass. That's amazing. It helped me. Yes. No, that's really good. Um, now what it, what it share with us what you do with dyslexia now with your work. Okay. Um, what I do now, I create awareness. Mm-hmm. Anywhere I go, anyone I see, if I see a child, um, maybe somebody's complaining about a child around, oh, I tell them, oh, have you done assessment for this child? Do you know what this is about? I tell, I tell people about it now. Mm-hmm. I tell people about anywhere I go. Any, when, when people see me now, they call me the caregiver because that's the name I give myself. <laughs> that is so sweet. <laughs> So they call me this dyslexia caregiver. Oh my. That's what they call me now. So I talk to people about it. That's I don't a... keep quiet anymore. I don't. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And what advice would you give someone who is dyslexic and to be successful? Okay, what advice will I give someone? I'll tell the person one, 
that the person, I'll, I'll tell the person that you're unique. Just be yourself. You're different from other people. Mm-hmm. You understand? You, you, you reason differently. The fact that you reason differently or you think differently does not mean you are not normal. You're a normal human being. You're normal and you have what it takes to succeed. You may reason differently. That doesn't mean that um, you're inferior to them in any way. Once you're able to identify your strengths, focus your attention on it and be um, whatever you want to be. So I encourage people that, you know, because we've seen a lot of people that um, are dyslexic and are successful. So those are the people that I look up to. I was like, okay, these people encourage me a lot. And I tell them, well, if I'm alive today and I'm okay and I'm, and I'm working and I'm, and I'm good, anybody, no dyslexic um, should be allowed to, um, to, to suffer in um what's it called is um in self-pity mm-hmm, yeah There's no rules for self-pity just pick up yourself i was talking to um someone about two weeks ago she was thinking she was she was she, she was tired of the old thing said uh, uh, she was con- she was con- she was depressed actually mm-hmm. she was she, I, I saw her, she started writing a lot of things about and contemplating suicide this is not the answer you understand. You need to encourage, you know, I encourage her. So I shared my story with her. She was like, okay, well, that means there is hope. Yes, I said there is hope. So don't give up. Don't kill yourself. Don't allow um, the stigma to, you know, to color your judgment of yourself, of who you are. You are valuable, you're intelligent, you have what it takes to make it. Just focus on what you're doing and, you know, you'll become the best. So I encourage her and now she's, she's fine. Mm-hmm. She's fine. Wow. That's a beautiful words of encouragement. And I know it's easier said than done, but, done, yes. but mm. it's you, it's like you have to practice it and it's having that support to, you know, really get to where you want to be. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm really, I, you know what, I'm kind of speechless because I've been wanting to have you on the show, like I've said, and to all the listeners out there, oh, it's been an ongoing email communication. We've been mm. trying so hard and to have someone like yourself who's, you know, gone through it, had your experience, is successful it's such an amazing experience even for me to hear and just to see that other dyslexic are just like anybody else that can do anything we just we do it differently yes and we will get there so for yes. those, yeah and for those listening who are you know probably in college university there is hope you just got to you got to stick to it like you know listening to this story right now, it gives me more motivation just to keep going because eventually I want to become a public speaker and be able to speak to a lot of people about my story, but how it can change your life and becoming successful. And that's my goal in life. Hmm. You started already. 
<laughs> I did. I did. This is just the stepping stone, and then we'll see. <laughs> and you're doing a very good job. I really appreciate that. I really, really do. So I know I've we covered pretty much everything, but okay. before I go, I want to play a little game. Okay. It's called This or That. So I'm going to give you two options and you're just going to pick which one you would like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first one I always start off with is pizza or pasta? Oh, let's do pizza. Coffee or tea? Coffee. A bath or a shower? Oh, a bath. Sneakers or sandals? Say that again, please. Sneakers or sandals? Sandals. A hamburger or a taco? Say that again, please. A hamburger or a taco? A hamburger any day. <laughs> <laughs> a tablet or a computer? A com computer. Yeah, a computer. Yeah. Make money or have free time? I want both. <laughs> we all want both. <laughs> a pen or a pencil? A pen. TV or a book? A book? No. Yes, a book now. <laughs> uh, let me see. Oh, dine in? Or delivery? Um, say that again, please. Dine in or delivery? Dine in. And the last one is the ocean or the mountains? Uh, oh, well, I love both. Okay. <laughs> Well, that was fun. Oh my gosh. I just want to say thank you so much once again. And is there any website you want to share to get, you know, information or did you want to share your social media? If you have any, it's totally up to you. You have the floor if you have anything to share. Okay. Um, thank you very much for this opportunity. Um, social media. Caregiver Center. Mm -hmm. At Caregiver Center. That's my social, that's my Instagram handle. Okay. Um, yes. At Caregiver Center. That's my Instagram handle. And um, on Facebook, my my full name, I don't know if you, let me pronounce it. It's a, it's a long one. Oluwaranti mm -hmm. Misireri. I can send that to you. Maybe yes, you please. 
yes i think i'll do that because it's a long one but my instagram handle is um at the caregiver caregiver center perfect caregiver. yes awesome so definitely send that over to me so i can put that in the show notes and yes, for everyone listening this has been so amazing because Ronti is from Nigeria and yeah. I'm from Toronto, Canada. So we're like, if you look on the map, we're like completely opposite from each other. And <laughs> it's amazing to be connected this way. And I really appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been amazing. And, um, this is this is just the beginning. So I'm excited to have more new guests coming up, sharing about their experiences. And for those listening, thank you again for tuning in. And we will talk to you later. And it's bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening and stay tuned on a new episode on a little bit of everything with me.